Hello everyone, welcome to Cricket with an Accent. We haven't been discussing anything in this forum for quite some time, but now Sanket and Kiran are joining me as uh, one of the most uh, awaited tours. India is in England, but the test uh, season is about to start in less than you know 10 days. And no better time to review the Indian squad with uh, these two fine gentlemen who really uh, follow the pulse of cricket and especially test cricket. Welcome guys. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Great to be back once again after a long time. Yeah, I know. It's been all tennis and you guys were following uh, the other game, football, which I don't follow. So, I think it's good to talk some test cricket. Uh, Virat, men have been there for some time. They've finished an ODI and T20 engagements and now uh, the squad has been announced for the first three tests. Few changes. So, Sanket, let's start with you first. I know in this forum, you and I have discussed a lot about Rohit Sharma. Uh, first question, he doesn't make the cut. Is that expected? And secondly, uh, are there other surprises that you didn't see coming when the squad was announced? Uh, obviously, I think the biggest surprise was the uh, omission of, I mean, not not the omission, but the injury of Bhuvneshwar Kumar that was not really released to the press uh, before. And it suddenly just came out as a bolt out of the blue. But, uh, I mean, uh, talking about Rohit Sharma, I think his omission was expected because I think the writing was on the wall when the squad for the Afghanistan tests was announced. And even, even though Virat Kohli was arrested for that, uh, test match because he was supposed to play county cricket in England and Karun Nair was instead picked in his place in the squad and Rohit Sharma was left out. Uh, that is even in the absence of Virat Kohli. So and he and he didn't make the India A squad either for the uh, test matches that they played in against West Indies A and the England Lion team, England Lions team in England. So I think the writing was on the wall for Rohit Sharma as far as test cricket is concerned. Uh, I'm not sure this is the end of it for him. But yeah, currently I think he's very much out of favor, and I personally I think expected his omission. And Kiran, same question to you. Anything that stands out besides Sharma's omission uh, in the squad? As, or, and uh, second question is, uh, any individual in the squad you are really looking forward to who may be the X factor? Uh, I'm not sure about the X factor, but I've been I have a little worry about the uh, role that Murli Vijay is playing in the squad or. The playing eleven in the last series, so he's been slightly vulnerable and he's making some pronounced movements across the wickets. These things uh, actually hit the balance slightly off when when it comes to playing on a different difficult surfaces. So that is exposing the middle order of India, which is uh, been found wanting in Cape Town Test especially. So I'm looking forward to Murli Vijay making things right. He had a wonderful series last year. And then I think uh, Rishabh Pant looks a promising uh, talent to look out for. And I'm also excited to see how Boomra goes in these kind of wickets. Yeah, hmm. so Kiran, Kiran, that's something interesting you've touched upon. And, and I think Sanket would agree that has been uh, the very sensitive part of, uh, you know, most uh, subcontinent teams when, when they become touring parties to this part of the world, which is UK. And uh, opening is key, no matter how batting-friendly conditions are, because there is some movement in the morning and the ball does swing. So let me ask you another thing. So uh, a lot of time, uh, you know, like in tennis, we talk about the use of balls, but also in cricket, you know, certain balls are better for certain conditions. So are Indians okay playing? Uh, I believe it's a Duke ball that's going to be used in this series. And uh, does that make a difference for someone? You know, so just explain to our audience, if people who don't really get the concept, how a cricket ball or the red cricket ball can can be different in certain conditions. I think Duke ball does a lot more than what uh, any other uh, Kokobora or SG ball. I think in if you 
Dubal actually has a pronounced seam and it moves a lot of the surface. Forget about the swing that Duke ball gets because of the pronounced seam and, and what not. But it moves a lot of the seam which Kokobora or the SG ball, SG ball doesn't do. So that is one thing irrespective of the condition, irrespective of the pitch sometimes. Even a little bit of moisture in it, it can still move off the seam. So it's, it's going to be a tough task for the openers. Just because they are playing with the Duke balls, we have seen that in West Indies also, where they are actually second-handed Dukes, but it it still moved a lot, and Bangladesh had all sort of problems playing that moving Duke ball. So, mm. so on that note, let's uh, look at the top order for the Indian team, uh, Sanket. I know the English squad hasn't been announced, but it's pretty certain that you know certain Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad would be sharing the new ball unless there's an injury. And uh, who yeah. who are the best uh, you know openers in this? Uh, in this in the squad of uh, Indians led by Virat Kohli, are you going to go with Lokesh Rahul with uh, Murli Vijay, or are you still think Vijay and Dhawan, you know, have earned the uh, have earned that combination so far? I think we have spoken at length on Shikhar Dhawan in the past. I mean, I've expressed my views on why I don't think he's the right guy to open the innings in outside the subcontinent. He had his issues in South Africa as well and struggled in England last time around. So I think again, starting with Dhawan, especially against Jimmy Anderson, who's I mean, particularly good against left-handers. I mean, he's good against both types of batsmen, but particularly more dangerous against left-handers. I think that would be a mistake, to say the least. But I think I think that if you ask me what is likely to happen, then I think it's unlikely that Virat Kohli will drop Shikhar Dhawan after, just after he scored 100 against uh, uh, Afghanistan uh, at, at Bangalore. And uh, Morley Vijay, again, he scored 100 in that test match. But if he, I mean, if I'm judge their abilities to play the moving ball, then I think both looked really vulnerable when the ball moved around a little bit with the new ball against the two Afghanistan medium pacers who were probably bowling in the range of 130 to 140. So I think that doesn't really bode well for their prospects in English conditions. Because as Kiran rightly pointed out, this Murli Vijay is not the Murli Vijay that was uh, that you saw on the, on the previous overseas leg, who was leaving the balls outside the off stump and waiting for the ball, uh, waiting for the loose delivery and all that sort of stuff. I think he's trying to probably play a more aggressive brand of cricket. Um, he's probably trying to impose himself on the bowlers. I'm not sure if it is down to some competition with uh, Shikhar Dhawan and KL Rahul, or more, more naturally more aggressive players. Maybe he just feels that he, he needs to probably score a little bit quicker to be in that league or something. But yeah, I think the form of both these openers who are probably likely to open, I think is definitely a cause of concern. Okay, how about this uh, angle now? If uh, if Kohli decides to stick with you know the 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 overused uh, combination of Dhawan and uh, Vijay. So does Rahul find a place in the playing eleven, or is he now considered just a specialist opener? I think uh, I mean Virat Kohli has in the past spoken that um, he's not going to play openers anywhere else and all that. But I think we saw in the Afghanistan test when Virat Kohli himself was rested and Kale Rahul was actually played at number four, actually at number three, and Pujara dropped down to number four. Uh, so I think that could be an option because uh, Pujara's form. Hasn't been great uh, in the English county circuit, as we already spoke about offline. Uh, Pujara is averaging, I think, something like 14 in five five county championship matches. That's 10 innings, and his best score is hardly 41. So he doesn't even have a half century. Uh, for, I think I think the last couple of seasons, even last season, he had a terrible time uh, in in a few matches that he played in English county. So for someone who's been playing in these conditions for four or five years now, ever since. India lost that test series in England in 2014. Pujara has been playing county cricket for almost every year. And it seems that he doesn't hasn't really made those improvements 
that are needed to succeed in these conditions. I guess I could probably see him being left out. But at the same time, he scored a very crucial half century in the last test in South Africa and Johannesburg. So Virat Kohli might just decide to stick with him for maybe one or two tests. So it will be interesting to see how they go about that one. So yeah, it will probably be a toss-up between Pujara and Rahul for number three. I think Vijay will, and Dhawan will definitely play the first test. Not saying I, what I will do, but I think that is what will happen. Okay, so Kiran, let me ask you the same thing what just uh, Sanket pointed out Pujara. He yeah. hasn't really converted, you know, all these opportunities. He's, you know, he, he spent time, you know, in England. But a friend of mine, I think Sanket knows him well too, we discussed in an earlier podcast that uh, the conditions in England are very different in May and June than what's going to be in August and, you know, some part of September as this test series is going to progress. So, uh, maybe Pujara failing in those conditions, uh, do you think these conditions will be easy now or... Pujara will still struggle, consider what we have seen and uh, conditions really don't change according to you. I think the Duke ball for the first 35 overs, it's going to be the same for openers or the number 3 or number 4. So, Pujara has been getting out in similar fashions to, he has certain weaknesses again at the ball that is coming in and he's been getting out to the, those deliveries quite regularly in any of these moving ball conditions. And so, with that respect, uh, he might struggle, but just uh, picking up on what Sanket is talking about, how Kohli might see Pujara coming in, uh, sorry, Rahul coming in instead of Pujara. Because Pujara hits up a lot of balls at the top also. That is not something, and he doesn't score. So, it's almost like shifting the uh, momentum towards the bowlers sometimes. So, that is not something Virat Kohli would like. So, he might possibly think of uh, playing Rahul instead of Pujara, but I would still expect if the if England curators manage to get some moisture underneath, Pujara is going to have some struggle in this series again. Uh, so, Kiran, so you think, uh, of course, you know, his struggles uh, are a big question mark, especially when he has toured outside of India, because, because in India, he's one of the best batsmen, you know, uh, we've seen that. So, is this like a make-or-break tour for him? Uh, if, we, if we're already talking about, you know, Rahul maybe getting the nod ahead of him uh, as, as number three, you think this is like a very crucial tour? Yeah, I would think so. Not just for Pujara, I would also think it's the same thing for Vijay. They're all not, uh, age is not on towards them. And the next tour is Australia where Pujara hasn't done much. So, I think it is. And KL Rahul has done better in Australia. So, they are definitely looking at KL Rahul as number three, I would think. If, you, if they are looking for future. And there is Prithvi who has been doing well. Uh, in, for the India A side, was I think is a 17-year-old prodigy, and he's he's supposed to be an attacking batsman. So I think that that is he's a type of player who I think Virat Kohli and Ravi Sastri might prefer going forward, especially in Australia where the conditions are pretty good to bat on. So I think I think he could probably come into consideration for the Australia tour if the top order doesn't perform here in England. So Sankar, do you agree that Pujara is on a very thin rope, or you think uh, he can weather the storm? I think he is probably on a very thin rope right now. Uh, and as for your point about the conditions, I, I don't think the season matters as much as the curators because, I mean, having watched Test cricket in England over the last four or five years, I mean, pitches in July have also been fairly seam-friendly uh, as far as Test match cricket is concerned. And I've also seen some flat tracks in May as well. So I think it entirely comes down to what the curators want, what the team uh, English team management wants from them. And... Uh, whether they have the resources, whether they have the sufficient amount of water supply and all that to uh, ha have enough moisture on the wickets and grow the grass and ha have some green steamers, I guess. So, I think that will probably, I mean, I don't think we can really predict the pitches. 
But yeah, I think Pujara will probably have a tough time in England. But I think that that goes through for most of the top order. I think Vijay, as Kiran pointed out, is is 35 now. So again, he doesn't have age on his side either. I think Pujara at least is 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 younger. So even if he does get dropped here, he could probably come back at home. But if Pujara, if Vijay gets dropped, I think it's probably the end of the road for him. Shikhar Dhawan, I think again on a thin rope, but he is at least a part of the limited over side. So I guess he'll probably be in uh, there or thereabouts purely due to that. So you think uh, here Virat Kohli is going to play five batsmen or six batsmen at least in the first couple of tests? I think with Bhuvneshwar Kumar out of the uh, side, I think they'll definitely probably want to have that extra bowler. I mean, Virat Kohli played five bowlers uh, throughout the three tests in South Africa, which were played on really bowler-friendly pitches. And while, as I said, I don't, uh, I'm not too sure what we can expect in English conditions, but I don't think the pitches will be anywhere near as team-friendly as the pitches at Cape Town or Johannesburg were. And if Virat Kohli uh, wanted to have the extra bowler over there on, on those conditions, then he'll almost certainly want to have the extra bowler here in England, where the pitches will be comparatively flatter. And uh, obviously, he is without the services of his best bowler in these conditions, which is Bhuvneshwar Kumar. So you probably need that extra bowling depth. So I think it will probably be five batsmen, Hardik Pandya as the all-rounder. And uh, yeah, then four specialist bowlers, maybe two spinners or two and two seamers or three seamers and one spinner, because they've picked three spinners in the squad. So there's talk of Kuldeep Yadav playing as well. So that, that could be a very interesting dynamic to look forward to. Sure. So it's a question for both of you. Kiran, you can go first. Uh, of course, the marquee matchup, everybody's talking about before the series of even you know, uh, in the cards, Jimmy Anderson going uh, again at Virat Kohli. And Virat Kohli is a champion batsman. He definitely played some caliber innings in, in South Africa in testing conditions. So Kiran, I know we've talked uh, offline even on Twitter. Uh, what's your expectation? You think Kohli makes the necessary adjustments? Or do you still think Anderson has one more run at him? I think whatever adjustment that Kohli tried to make is only going to backfire at him with, against Anderson, especially with the Duke ball. Because Anderson now is more of a seam bowler than a swing bowler. So if it is swinging, whatever the shuffles that he's going to do is going to make some sense. But if it, if Jimmy Anderson is going to straight at him seaming the ball with the Duke ball with lit, subtle movements, then all these pronounced movements that he did again in Cape Town, especially against Werner Philander, definitely backfired at him. And I would expect the same things if he doesn't actually watch what Jimmy Anderson is doing for the last one year. So, yeah. So, Sanket, hold on. Let me just ask Kiran one more thing again. Uh, not that, you know, uh, I, I follow cricket, but you guys are definitely a little more technically advanced. So, you think Kohli's struggle, is it also mental discipline that he gets out of a certain delivery or he's just so used to playing in Indian condition and sometimes those bad habits do carry over? I think it's uh, mental aspect of Kohli actually helps him score runs when things does go his way. But the problem with, uh, I'm not sure if he is uh, throwing his bat away like he did for Mone Morkel in Cape Town. That's just one one of a kind dismissal. It doesn't happen more often. But he actually, he doesn't seem to have a solid front foot defense sometimes, which I think Sachin Tendulkar also pointed out in one of the interviews that he made with Sony. So if we if we look at the previous dismissals where he was actually trying to defend the balls at the fifth stem, but he was getting into tangles and then exposing the outside edge and all those kind of stuff. I think Sky has done a lengthy analysis of on all those dismissals. So. I, I still saw them in place when he faced Rabada in Joburg, for example. And same things were in place when he, play, when he played uh, Suranga Lakmal in Kolkata on that uh, uh, moisture wicket, green teamer in Kolkata against Sri Lanka. 
I'm not sure if he has made necessary adjustment, but he's st- he's still thinking about all those things. Those things are in his mind. Though he's playing it down in the recent press conferences, I think they're at the back of his mind. That might affect his performances as well. So interesting. Okay, okay. Come in now. Kiran uh, makes very valuable points. Uh, just walk us through what you think. Uh, you know, uh, the Kohli Anderson rivalry is. And Anderson, when he was in India, he was kind of uh, you know making some comments, which again you know. You know, were not seen uh, as, as sporting when he said, you know, there are certain weaknesses for Virat Kohli and these pitches tend to cover that. Do you think that's still true or uh, you agree with what Kiran has pointed out? I think I think it's probably a bit of both. I think last, I mean, the last couple of series between Virat Kohli and Jimmy Anderson have been very one-sided. Jimmy Anderson absolutely owned Virat Kohli, if that's the word, uh, in England in 2014 and then Virat Kohli had his revenge of sorts uh, when when. when England toured India in 2016 and Jimmy Anderson ended up missing two of the test matches and Virat Kohli scored something like 700 runs in the five test matches there. So, yeah, I mean, I think this time around, I think it's going to be a lot more balanced because I, I don't think, uh, I mean, Virat Kohli is obviously a much better batsman than he was, I think, in 2014. He still has some weaknesses, as Kiran pointed out, but I think the one major factor that I think goes in Virat Kohli's favour, I think, is probably the fitness of Jimmy Anderson. Uh, because there are concerns over his shoulder blade, and uh, he has been struggling and has been managing his problem uh, with the shoulder for the last, I think, last couple of years, I think. And uh, so I think that could be a question mark whether he has the fitness and whether he has the same pace, uh, whether he can bowl with the same pace for five test matches. Because I think one thing that could probably uh, go in Virat Kohli's favor is if Anderson doesn't quite have the pace and if the pitches are on the slower side then even if he gets into awkward positions, Virat Kohli has that hand-eye coordination and has that wrists to make the last-minute adjustments, especially if the pitches are good for batting. So I think that is something that could go in Virat Kohli's favor. Obviously, if the pitches are seam-friendly and if you've got plenty of grass on it, then you would expect Jimmy Anderson to continue to hold sway. So I think uh, I think I expect a balanced battle here. I think there will be some good batting pitches, I expect. And I do think Virat Kohli will definitely score at least 100 on this tour. But I don't think he will dominate the way he did in Australia, for example, in 2014, where he was scoring hundreds after hundreds. So maybe, uh, so yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a fascinating battle. Uh, so yeah, let's wait and see. Okay, let me ask you this: Maybe we are, you know, just like a total fans. We are just looking at the same rivalry again. Is there someone else in the English attack, say a Stuart Broad, who could be the undoing this time because the focus is on Anderson? Uh, but uh, Stuart Broad is also a pretty skilled baller in these conditions. Actually, Stuart Broad also had his uh, had the better of Virat Kohli on the 2014 tour. Jimmy Anderson dismissed him four times, uh, but it was Stuart Broad who actually started the rot, I believe, in the first test at, at Trent Bridge. He, he was the one who got Virat Kohli out in both the innings, and I think he, he was also the one, I think, the only bowler who probably troubled Virat Kohli in that 2016 test series in India. But again, the problem with Stuart Broad has been, in recent times, his form. Uh, uh, he didn't have a great Ashes series last uh, last winter, uh, came back well in New Zealand, had a had a slightly inconsistent series against Pakistan, didn't, didn't quite bowl as well at the first test, came back strongly in the second. And then again, like Anderson, he had some fitness issues apparently. So again, uh, it depends on how, how, he, how he comes recovers from his fitness issues and again the pitches, because I don't think Stuart Broad has the same pace that he had a few years ago. So if the pitches are on the flatter side, Stuart Broad is again another bowler who could probably struggle. If the pitches are on the greener side, then I think he, he again, once again, I'm stating the obvious here, but I think he, he'll, he'll be a very hard customer to handle, probably even more so than Jimmy Anderson. I think he, Stuart Broad, along with Vernon Philander, are probably the two best 
green wicket bowlers in the world. Mm-hmm. All right, so on that note, uh, Kiran, uh, let's talk about Ajinkya Rahane. You know, this man has a very strong, uh, you know, fan base in India and one of the very loved cricketers, uh, just like Rahul Dravid. You know, there's a gentleman uh, aura that uh, surrounds him. And since India toured England uh, last, he became, uh, along with Kohli, one of the best travellers. But uh, unlike Pujara, he didn't really score runs in India. And uh, in the Ravi Shastri, Virat Kohli's team of things, Pujara and uh, Rohit Sharma and somewhat, to some degree, Rahane have had musical chairs, you know, roles. Like, they have been left out every now and then. And Pujara, uh, sorry, Rahane missed out two tests in South Africa, then came back and scored a strong 47. He was him coming in because he doesn't really feature in the ODI squad anymore, at least the English, you know, in the squad. So... What is, is he your number 5 for the series? I think he's going to come back just on the back of what he what he did in the Lions match. So I think he scored two valiant 40s when India as India's top order struggled a bit. Especially Murli Vizai got out very soon and then Ajinkya Rahan is the only player apart from Rishabh Pant who is playing in that match against the strong Lions bowling attack which had Sam Curran and who knows. Uh, Fisher and then Chris Fox is also playing that match. He did a really good job in there and I think his game suits much better to in English conditions, especially for the position that he bats at. I think uh, and probably after what happened in Joburg, they, sh- they will be taking him. Okay. And Sanket, uh, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, how you, you thought, uh, you know, dropping Rahane was kind of justified in South Africa. Uh, so, how do you see his inclusion uh, if he does come back as number 5 after that 47 scored in the last test in South Africa? Yeah, I think absolutely a no-brainer. I, I said at that time, Rahane's exclusion was justified. And I, I mean, Rahane was really struggling at that time. He had a torrid series against Sri Lanka. And I mean, wasn't part of the limited oversight either. So, he, he was really short on match practice as well. But then he came back in the third test. And even without, uh, even though he came in... Uh, pretty much low on confidence and without a lot of match practice, he still came out and played a very good innings of 47 on a, on a, on a very treacherous track. So I think that kind of shows his quality as a batsman outside the subcontinent and probably, I think that's probably a lesson for all of us. I think that Rahani should not be written off outside the subcontinent based on what he does in the subcontinent against spin. Once again, in the Afghanistan test, he had his issues against the spinners. But yeah, these are different conditions. He scored, he scored a couple of 40s there in the Lions match. So I think Rahane's selection is pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, yeah, I think he comes back straight in at number five, and he's also been announced already as the vice captain of the designated vice captain of the squad. So I, I don't think his place is under any kind of threat as of now. Maybe if he fails in the first couple of Test matches, then things could probably change. But wasn't the vice captain in South Africa? Yeah, he was, but I, I don't, I'm not too sure if they had specifically announced it as such. I think this time around there was a very clear, when the BCCI tweeted the squad, I think there was a very clear vice-captain tag uh, next to Rahane's name. Uh, so yeah, I think I think he'll definitely play. Okay. And now with Dinesh Karthik in the squad and Sahar, you know, not uh, fully fit, do you think you know, that adds uh, strength to the batting order, even though I, I know we spoke offline, Sanket, he was not your keeper of choice over uh, Saha, but you think he's uh, his addition adds to solidity to the lower middle order? Absolutely, I think Sinesh Karthik, as a batsman, has done well in English conditions in the past as, as an opener. Uh, and when India won, won the series here uh, in England in 2007, uh, Dinesh Karthik was actually a leading run scorer at the top of the order. And I think Dinesh Karthik is probably one of the better 
better batsman against the moving ball that India have is technically sound, as plays with an upright stance, and he generally plays pretty close to his body. So I think he has that right technique to play in these conditions. Uh, so I think he, I think he'll def- definitely a good choice as a batsman. But as far as his keeping is concerned, I, I'm not too sure because England is probably the worst place to keep for someone who's coming from the subcontinent. Even MS Dhoni, who I think is a considerably better keeper than Karthik, had his issues in England. And uh, that too, despite touring there three or four times, uh, he, even on his third tour, last time around in 2014, he was struggling miserably to catch deliveries and was conceding a lot of pies. So, yeah, I think his, I think he'll definitely have his work cut out as far as the gloves are concerned. So, I think that's probably a trade-off for India. You get the better batsman, but you're losing out probably some key runs, maybe uh, the odd drop catch here and there behind the stumps. You're absolutely right. You know, test cricket is a game of specialists and keeping is, you know, it doesn't get specialized position. I know you guys are probably too young, but you must have heard of the Graham Gooch drop, I think, by Kiran More. And then he went on to score, you know, the 300, uh, triple hundred Lords in 1990 when Azruddin was leading uh, the squad. So, yeah, Kiran, uh, you agree with what Sanket said here about uh, Karthik, you know, the batting and keeping uh, ability? Yeah, 100%. Karthik is a very good player of a moving ball. He also did very well in as in South Africa on the Durban match against Dale Stein, and if I'm not wrong. Uh, but keeping skills are going to be tested because the ball does a lot more when it leaves the, when it goes past the stumps. I mean, it starts, yeah. it gets into a very nice spin position and then sometimes it even starts to swing right after it uh, passes the stumps. So that's going to be a difficult task. Uh, if he had, if he has any experience in keeping in England, that might help. But yeah. I'm not sure, too sure if uh, keeping is uh, is as good as Saha's. Okay, so I know we've been talking about you know the Indian middle order against uh, Anderson and Rod. Uh, you think this Indian middle order is also the batting order? Is, is, Kiran, is, is it good to take on the English spin? Are we uh, should we be worried about them, or this is uh, you you're pretty confident that? Uh, Adil Rashid and Moin Ali and these guys really uh, cannot, you know, do this again. What uh, Moin Ali did last time. Depends on the mindset, actually. In this in set of Indian middle order players are exceptional of playing spin. Even though after what happened in the Lords one day and then other, the third ODI, they are exceptional playing spin, especially in Test matches. We saw that in when they played against the Co, Rangana Harath and Co. Absolutely add the number of Rangana Harath. I think, uh, I'm not sure they will play uh, Adil Rashid and Moin Ali, but they will, England might definitely look at Jack Leach. So he's again a left arm spinner, slow left armers, which uh, sometimes uh, some of these middle order batsmen had problems. But I, I think they sh- sh- uh, still should be able to handle the spinners better, given that they don't uh, lose many wickets against the Jimmy Anderson Stuart board. If, the top order puts pressure on the middle order, then playing sp- even the normal spin of England, Moin Ali becomes difficult because they start playing some exuberant sh- shots and then keeping the ball in the air. That's how Moin Ali got. Moin Ali, I don't think he beat anyone on the defense in 2014 tour. Many people got out to him playing shots, including Ajinkya Rahane. So that is one concern for me. All right, so Sanket, uh, let's talk about Indian bowling. I know Bhuvneshwar Kumar is a big blow, and uh, he also, let's not forget, had I think two or three fifties, uh, you know, uh, as a batsman. 
So if we are playing five batsmen and uh, you know more uh, like five bowlers, so who who is your all-round in this uh, squad who can also come in handy with some you know very important runs? I think now that they have Dinesh Karthik probably as a wicketkeeper instead of Rahman Shah, so that probably adds a little bit of batting depth compared to what they had in South Africa. So I think they probably have a slight upgrade over there. But yeah, I think Bhuvneshwar is batting. I mean, obviously we all know about bowling, but his batting will definitely be missed because I think he's probably the uh, technically the best of India's lower order batsmen. Probably even better than Ashwin. Ashwin, I think, is a very good batsman in subcontinental conditions. He scored what five or six test hundreds, I think. But I think when it comes to playing the moving ball, I think Bhuvneshwar Kumar is probably even better. He had a really good series in South Africa with a bat in some really tough conditions. Did well in England last time around, as you rightly pointed out. Scored a couple of fifties. including in that famous win that india had at lords so yeah i think his batting will definitely be missed but i think dinesh karthik over the demand saw probably compensates slightly for that uh, hardik pandya will obviously be the all rounder so i think the choice comes down to uh, i think the batting depth comes down to the choice of the spinner and i think this is what may eventually tip the scales in favor of ashwin ahead of kuldeep yadav even though there has been uh, a sort of wave Uh, in favor of Kuldeep Yadav with former ex- with former players and experts and uh, fans on social media calling for Kuldeep Yadav to be picked uh, due to the uh, left arm wrist spin that he brings uh, on on pitches that might not favor the finger spinners as much uh, and Virat Kohli spoke about it in the press conference after the first ODI uh, that Kuldeep Yadav is definitely making a very strong case for himself but i think now that they are missing Bhuvneshwar i think that Ashwin's superior batting ability I think that might just eventually tip the scales in his favor as far as the uh, spinners spin bowling slot is concerned. And uh, and you obviously I think the seamers will be Ishan Sharma I think is your number one seamer without a shadow of a doubt had an outstanding county season and I, I think Kiran will uh, mention it as well he was actually swinging the ball which which is something that we haven't seen Ishan Sharma do for a long time. Uh, he has probably worked with the Sussex coach Jason Gillespie who is probably one of the best in the world when it comes to coaching fast bowlers. and he, i think is is bowling with an upright seam and is getting the ball to swing around uh, for sussex in the few county matches that he played so i think he is your number one seamer umesh yadav has been bowling really well in the recent times so i think had a great ipl has been doing well in the limited overs format as well is bowling quick and uh, i think his control has improved a lot as well so i think he's probably your number two and then if you're playing a third seamer then i think i'm not a big fan of shami outside the subcontinent but purely due to his experience and the fact that He did pick up some wickets in South Africa, even though I personally felt that those wickets were in a lost, lost cause. I think he he will probably be a third seamer if they go in with three seamers. If the pitch is on the drier side, then I think uh, Kuldeep Yadav probably comes into the equation as the second second spinner ahead of Jadeja because I don't see them playing two finger spinners. That really wouldn't make much sense. So yeah, if they go do go in with second spinner, I think Kuldeep could probably come into the come into the consideration. All right, so Kiran, uh, walk us through who your uh, four or five bowlers will be. And uh, okay, we can even disagree a bit in this podcast because so far we all have been pretty harmonious. I think uh, Ishan Sharma definitely comes in without a shadow of doubt because because the outstanding county season he had and he also had a very good series in South Africa. The spell that he bowled to A B Devlas was one of the best I've seen alongside the Bhuvneshwar Kumar spell to A B Devlas in Joburg. I guess. I think he'll definitely make make the team team eleven. Apart from that, I'm not sure if they are going to try Jasprit Bumrah on these tracks because these are not definitely suited for Jasprit Bumrah as 
Michael Holding was also pointing out because he's more of a hit the deck bowler than the kiss the surface bowler. So if you are bowling back of a length on England surface, I'm not sure that would work. Uh, I, um, yeah. Can I come in here? Yeah, sure. I actually left out. I actually left out just brief Bumrah, assuming that he's not available for the first couple of test matches. I think if he's fit, then I would definitely have him over Shami because I think even though, as Kiran pointed out, he's not perhaps the ideal bowler for these kind of conditions. I still think he will offer more than Shami. I think he's much fitter. I think when it comes to Shami, I think he failed the yo-yo test as well recently. And we saw in South Africa, he was struggling a lot in the first innings before finally getting into the rhythm in the second innings. That is something that you can ill afford in test match cricket. You've got to be uh, able to probably bowl 50-60 overs, probably more than that in an entire test match. And I'm not too sure Shami has the fitness to do, do that. Bumrah, I think, is someone who can be expected to maintain his pace and his fitness over a longer period of time. And he is someone who I think can bowl in the right areas. I think he's someone who can uh, be very consistent with his line and length. Compared to Shami, I think he's probably more, uh, I think was probably more uh, a stump, stump to stump bowler. He's probably more suited to subcontinental conditions when you're looking for bowls and LBWs. But he's not the type of bowler who will get you uh, nicking behind the stumps, which, which is the kind of dismissal that you see more often in these part, in this part of the world. So I think Bumrah, even though he's probably not ideal for these conditions, he's definitely not a Bhuvaneshwar Kumar. I think he's still a better choice than uh, Mohamed Shami, if he's fit. But his fitness is obviously a concern, so uh, yeah. It's a valid point there. So let me ask Kiran about a couple of other names that are in the squad. Yeah. Do you think Karun Nair and Rishabh Pant, uh, will these guys, I know we are like, you know, just, uh, we haven't even played a test match yet. But uh, you think these guys will see some action or they are just, uh, at, at this point, just the traveling out of the squad? At least for the first test, I don't see them coming in, definitely. Definitely, Virat Kohli would want people who are experienced, people who are in, in form, those people to take in. Definitely, I don't see them coming in for the first test. Uh, just carrying on what Sanket was talking about, I'm not sure if uh, match fitness, uh, number of games that Umesh Yadav had in, in under his belt, and if the tracks are indeed going to be drier, in my opinion, Umesh Yadav is a much better reverse swing bowler than uh, Mohamed Shami alongside uh, Ishan Sharma. So, if maybe India might uh, look at having Umesh Yadav instead of uh, Mohamed Shami because Mohamed Shami hasn't had a game in about 2-3 months maybe. So, these are the things yeah, that I, we should look at. Yeah, I have Umesh Yadav in my level. Yeah. I think yeah, he's, he's my second first. All right, so let uh, let me. Uh, I think we covered a lot on some of these players, and you know we'll talk more as the series you know unfolds. Uh, let me ask you both, and Sanket, you can go first. Uh, when you look at this uh, test t- test match fixture and the venues, what are some of the locations historically subcontinent teams, especially India, where you know we have the best chance to get a good result? I think India's best chance probably is at Lords. That is where they won last time around, and I think they won three test matches at Lords, I believe. And, uh, I mean, England have struggled at lots in recent times. Uh, they lost to Pakistan most recently. And Pakistan have a good record at lots. Even Sri Lanka have done well. There's a subcontinental side have generally enjoyed playing there. The other ground, I think, would be the other London ground. Uh, that is the Oval. Uh, again, but that, the problem with that is that is the last te- test of the series. So, if you're really relying on winning that test, then you're probably under a little bit of pressure already. So I think these two are the venues that where uh, the subcontinental sites generally have the best chance. Oval generally tends to be on the drier side. Uh, spinners do come into the picture later on in the game. Although when India toured there in 2014, it was a green seamer 
and India got bowled out for what 100 odd in the first innings, and the Test match was over in three days. So again, you, as I said, you can't really predict what uh, what you're going to get in terms of English conditions. Uh, yeah, and, and the, the, there's one more venue which haven't really seen a lot of Test cricket. That is the JS Ball in Southampton. So I mean, there have I think only been two or three Test matches there, and England have won both. And one of those was against India in 2014. So, I mean, that 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 pitch generally has some uh, good good pace and bounce in it. Uh, it's it's probably not quite a green top that you associate with some other parts of England. Uh, so, uh, that, I mean, I'm not too sure what to expect over there. So, I think that could possibly be an opportunity for India because the spinners generally do well there at at Southampton in the domestic games. But again, Test match pitches could be completely different. So. Yeah, we shall see. I think that's uh, some very good insight there. So, Kiran, let me ask you another important question here. Yeah. Uh, Nian, uh, you know, leadership has been sometimes questioned by a lot of critics that we don't have a set uh, group of fielders in the slip region. So, is is that issue still existing, or you think we have a lineup, you know, and we have like specialist slip, slip fielders, and you know, uh, can, can we be a little confident about that setup? Not sure we have a settled lineup because even between the tests of uh, Centurion and Joba, we saw a complete different setup. And even between the innings, be, uh, first inning to second innings, we used to see completely different slip slip cordon for India. And many of them were dropping catches, so it's been a problem. I think we saw Rohit Sharma uh, uh, in the slips in Joba, not in Joba, Centurion. So that is one concern, definitely. So, All right. So any, anything else you guys want to add? I think we covered uh, quite a lot, and we can do another show when England squad is, uh, is announced, and we can even study yeah. matchups. Sakib, you made a point about the squad players getting a chance. I think I just wanted to add. I think I don't see as Karen pointed out. I don't see Rishabh Pant or, or those guys coming in for the first couple of Test matches. But I think at some point of time over the course of the series, I think as we have already talked about India's top order issues, uh, Vijay Dhawan, Pujara. KL Rahul, all of them have their have huge question marks hanging over their heads as far as batting these conditions is concerned. And you have a guy in the reserves, or not in the reserves, already there in the first eleven, in in the form of Dinesh Karthik, who has a great record as an opener in English conditions, has the right technique to handle this, handle the moving ball. So I could probably at some point of time in the series, especially with Rishabh Pant being in such great form in the uh, India A matches, I could probably see. If the top order, nothing works out in the top order, then Dinesh Karthik could possibly move up the order to open the innings like he did in 2007 with Rishabh Pant possibly coming in as the wicketkeeper at number 6. I think that is one out-of-box selection that you could possibly think of uh, later on. Maybe I, I don't see it for the first three test matches, please. Maybe in the last two, it could possibly be an option. I think, uh, uh, Kiran, you have a parting note before we can you know, conclude the show? Not much. I think we covered pretty much everything. As far as India is concerned, we should come back when we have uh, England squad ready and closer to the test matches, man. Absolutely. I think looking forward, I think everyone in India is. This is one yeah. of the marquee tours, you know, especially since uh, every team plays good at home. So, and India is set to erase that record as, uh, you know, of bad travelers. And I think this this can be a starting point uh, if India can come through in the series. So, thanks, guys, for joining. And let's uh, record two more episodes as this exciting series unfolds. Okay, sure. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Satya. Thanks for having me.